0: Welcome to another episode of the Versus the Odds podcast and today I have a really cool guest with us. His name is Aaron Danahy. Uh, He is a content creator and comedian who is the host of the show Ask Aaron, which you can find on YouTube. It is a comedy show based in satire and explores a lot of the questions which, as he said himself, might not always get answered. Please welcome to the show, as I said before, Aaron Danahy. Aaron, how are you doing, my man?
1: I'm doing great. That was the uh, probably best intro I've ever had, so I, I appreciate it.
0: Well, they'll, they'll probably keep coming, man. So yeah, uh, for those out there who don't know you and what you do, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what it is that you're that you do?
1: Yeah, so I uh, write, direct, produce, shoot, and star in the show Ask Aaron. Um, They're about seven-minute interviews give or take a couple of minutes with people. Um, and generally what happens is it's just like a, com- a comedic interview with different questions that are asked by the fans. And then I go to find a specialist to answer them. But generally they questions, the, the questions, like you said, don't get answered. Um, but it's pretty funny. I think um, a lot of awkward pauses and silences that Make it so uncomfortable that you can't help but laugh, and I think that's that's the key right there.
0: Well, yeah, comedy is the uh, the creation and destruction of tension, you know. Yeah. So, how did you how did you get into this in general? How did you start getting into comedy and and making these videos? Where did that begin for you?
1: Yeah, so I've like always really liked stand up, and I I always keep a, a stand up notes thing on my phone and like constantly just like, if I think of something dumb or like some, some like weird observation, I'll write it down. Um, and then I never really thought I would get into anything like that, but because of COVID um, when I was living with a couple of other guys, one of my friends is really into um, cameras and we came up with a couple of skits to shoot, um, kind of parodied of different other people who are doing satire stuff like Nathan Fielder, uh, Sasha Baron Cohen, um, Zach Galifianakis is Between Two Ferns is a lot of the times what people relate to my show. Um, And I wrote, they were all scripted. And then all of a sudden people were like, this is actually really funny. And I was like, oh, that's cool because it's really fun to do. Um, And then I got started writing more. I have probably like five episodes scripted that I never shot because it went into a different direction, more improv, because now all of the episodes are like almost completely improv. I come in with a couple of questions, but most of the, the what you see is like completely reaction based, especially on the other side of things. The interviewees never know what I'm going to ask. They always know generally like this. it's kind of a joke and it's not a hundred percent serious because I don't want them to get upset and i try and make myself look like the fool um but it just got a lot of positive reviews and i got really into it and a couple of my other friends were like oh this is really funny um can i get involved and then i got a couple of other people who helped me with like camera stuff and editing um and that, right now i do everything on my own um, but at the beginning there was definitely a couple of guys who really really helped me out and definitely
0: got things started. That's awesome. And I, 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 uh, I feel as though, you know, choosing improv over, you know, scripted stuff takes a lot of skill, you know, it, it, it uh, involves different, uh, different parts of the, the creative brand, you know, when you're scripting something out, you have to see something in entirety from start to finish. You have to completely control every aspect of other with, as opposed to, um, improv where, You know, you really have to have an active engagement with whoever it is that you're working with. You know, everything's on the fly. Uh, Do you feel like improv is a skill that you've had to practice at or do you feel as though it's something that comes naturally to you?
1: I think improv is a skill that I still don't I'm not very good at. Um, But the power of editing lets you take out all of the awkward moments where I have nothing to say. And. It definitely has gotten a lot better. Like, I didn't do any of this kind of stuff before um, before COVID. And I'll, I've been pu- putting out episodes every week for the past probably two months. And before that, it was every other week. Um, and I always go in with a couple of questions. Um, and hopefully, maybe a scenario or 2 that they're, like, going to bring up something comical. Um, but, like, a lot of the time, it just like you said, I guess I have had to practice it a lot. Like I go out and walk around my block a lot and just listen to music and literally just, this is the person I'm going to interview. Let me come up with a bunch of questions. Um, and then if you just keep writing things down, things just pop up. And as I've been doing that a lot more, um, I've just gotten a lot better at coming up with like awkward questions to ask, or just kind of ridiculous questions to ask.
0: So for people who haven't seen your show yet, you know, you've had a couple episodes come out. What are some of the more uh, popular episodes that you've had so far and what have they entailed?
1: Yeah, so the one of the popu- most popular episodes now just came out last week. It was with a uh, Buffalo Bills fan. Um, and so it was basically just Aaron Dansby, who's my character. Um, he's kind of not stupid, but ignorant it's very hard to dance that line. And I think that's something that I've struggled with from time to time, but I'm trying to make him out to be ignorant and not stupid because there is a difference. Um, but so that I'm talking to this Buffalo Bills fan, asking him about football, other things like that. And there's questions like um, something is as, as ridiculous as like who. I mean, I'm trying to think. It's tough to explain a joke. Um, because there's not a lot of one liners in that episode. Um, but like there's there's times where basically the, the interviewee was like, Oh, the bills were were terrible years and years ago, but I stuck with them. And then he says um that they have they had if they were Santa Claus, the children would all be upset because they have no gifts. And then my reaction was, do you think that you're better than these players? Like, should you be getting any gifts? And then he kind of smirked, and he's like, I guess by that logic, no. And then we start talking about gifts back and forth, and I'm like, this interview is a gift for you, and it's a gift for me. And then he just says very awkwardly, I guess that's why they call it the present. Oh my! And God. then that was like one of the best jokes. And in the interview, we both erupted laughing. But with the power of editing, I edited in a very, very awkward silence that makes it almost impossible not to laugh because it's so uncomfortable. And that one's probably the biggest one. There was one about conflict resolution where the whole scenario was I was in a relationship with somebody and we had a conflict because I, my partner bought fancy plates and how to resolve that conflict. And so I suggested a compromise of returning one and a half plates. And the interviewee was like, yeah, I don't know if they would accept that, but that is a compromise. And it's, it's a lot of stuff like that. That's just like, Ignorance and just like, I guess, another question, another uh, joke that I had that's pretty popular that I've been waiting to use was with uh, the fashion company. Um, it was called Fashion with VI Apparel. Um, and they were talking about their green line of products. So I immediately responded like green as in the color. But they were obviously talking about recycled products. Um, And I've been waiting to use that because it's just like observational humor, but like taking everything way too literally, which I think is is very funny.
0: I don't think a lot of people realize, like when you sit down and think about it, how just how technical humor is, you know, to understand nuances and social expectations, what happens when you subvert them. I feel like to be good at comedy is to have such a heightened sense of awareness of how people interact of how and how people think and it really is a gift and you know comedy and especially during the the time of the pandemic is kind of like a getaway for so many people whether that is through the vein of creation or through you know the lane of consumption do you okay. feel as though your work you know you, you said you you said you began to make these videos in the pandemic do you think it was a response to Uh, alleviate any discomfort you had during the pandemic? Or when you create your art, are you thinking first and foremost of the audience? I'm just trying to gauge what level of this is personal to you.
1: Yeah, I think it definitely started out as just like me and my friends screwing around, making stuff because personally, like I have a mechanical engineering degree and I've always just liked to make things. Like I'm in the middle of making an app right now just for fun with no coding experience before and like i do i make like prototypes for this a 3d printer for a couple of my friends because i've just always loved being able to make things and in this day and age it's so easy and i think that's where it mostly started from was that personal need to just do something because there was so little to do in the pandemic and this was something that i could do and then i think now as it's gotten bigger bigger as in hundred and nearly 120 subscribers not not anything crazy but who knows you know could could blast off soon after this episode um, but I think it's it's gotten a little bit more about the audience and just like kind of kind of making other people laugh is something that I've always enjoyed. there's obviously vanity in everything because you're feeling happy because you're doing something for other people but you i like to think that a lot of my inspiration comes from like making my friends laugh because it's just it's just nice to make people laugh
0: yeah i mean especially like you know in during the pandemic you want to connect with the people you care about you want to uh find people you can rely on because you know in times of stress and hardship you know this is one of the, the most difficult periods of time that anyone alive has had to go through, you know? It's almost like we're living through something as severe as like a world war, right? There's there's global stress and suffering. And I feel like it's in those times that we really start to focus on the people we love and care about, you know, even if it's something as casual as like your friend,
1: mm-hmm. you know,
0: reaching out to a friend and and connecting them. humor is a great way to do that. Um, I feel like a lot of people are finally starting to really focus on community. And I feel like that's what uh, you you establish when you're a creator and you're an artist, you're creating a community between yourself and the audience. You're bringing people in, you're connecting with someone, even if you haven't even met them. I do feel that the physical art itself, whether that's a video or a painting or a piece of music, that in of itself is a gateway or a conduit for human connection right i feel mm-hmm. like art is definitely like this vessel that people use to relate to and understand one another to process their own feelings if they're a creator or to find some semblance of familiarity if they're a, if they're a consumer you know there's so many different ways to look at it um would you say that your know, comedy was like a big part of your upbringing growing up you know maybe you watched comedy films i know you mentioned you watched Nathan fielder and mm-hmm. Sasha mm-hmm. owen are there yeah. any, are there any comedians in particular that you know you might be really thinking about recently as you're becoming a creator and stepping into your own
1: um well comedy has been a big part of my life basically my entire life like i grew up watching like will ferrell um that group of guys other guys with him and mark Wahlberg, um jonah hill that group um like all of those kinds of movies like i can quote spaceballs left and right like i used to play that movie in my head when i would go to my little brother's drum recital because <laughs> i was so bored i would just play basically spaceballs in my head because i knew all of the words oh my god and
0: Spaceballs is a great movie
1: yeah yeah it's i feel like it's underrated now at one point definitely not underrated but at this point in in life like I, there's so many people that haven't seen it. I like, are you kidding me? And it's not one of those movies that's bad now that it's old. It's still hilarious. Um, but yeah, I definitely like really grew up watching all of these movies and I have always wanted to make a movie. Um, I'd never thought it would be something in comedy until maybe now. Um, because like you said, it takes so much nuance to make something funny and, you can watch movies with such great actors, such great comedians, and the movie just tanks. And you're like, how could that have happened? And that's something I've, I was always scared of going into comedy. Um, but it's nice, it's nice having like a short segment of things and taking a 15 minute interview, making it five minutes. Cause then you get to pick the best stuff. Um, but comedian wise, I think like Nathan Fielder is very similar humor, um, but like standup wise, Dimitri Martin is probably like one of, like thinking about it now, one of the biggest inspirations because like I said before with the green joke, like the, that small observation that everyone just assumes that you know they mean recycling, but green has multiple meanings. So if you say the opposite of what you're thinking, that makes people laugh because that's not what they expected you to say. He does the same thing. One of my favorite jokes of his, uh, I, yeah, was, I think I told you this, um, this weekend it was, I have an L shaped couch, lowercase. Oh my and God. And that's oh. it's like, who thinks of that? That's like such an out there one liner. And I'm pretty sure he doesn't talk any more about it. It's just like a one-line joke in his stand-up. And that's exactly the kind of joke that I'm trying to do in my my um, sketches and my interviews.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, I, I, I remember Dietrich, Dimitri Martin, like, seeing his name show up on Netflix when I was scrolling through, like, comedy specials growing up. Because I I grew up with a family that loves comedy. My My father has raised me on all the 80s comedies, including Spaceballs, Blazing Saddles. He, re, he really likes Mel, Mel Brooks movies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like even now, like we, we quote Spaceballs in the home where like, you know, I'll be walking like and my dad will be getting out the vacuum and I'll go, Dad, are you preparing the vacuum suck? And I'll <laughs> go, suck, suck, Yeah. suck.
1: Yeah.
0: It was just so good. And uh, I think we watched Blazing Saddles a lot more. I watched it a couple weeks ago uh, in a hotel room with my family mm-hmm. and that it's one of those movies that you just like, can't make today for sure like yeah I no think way. you can't make blazing saddles and sadly you can't make a movie like tropic thunder anymore i don't think no because they're both great movies but i think right now we're entering an age of of hypersensitivity and i'm not just saying that like from my own opinion i, I had a real conversation with a um a professor of film at nyu and he was telling me you know one major piece of, of advice he's been giving to young screenwriters and young uh, filmmakers is that you know don't be afraid to like dance with the taboo don't be afraid to get into those those uh touchy subjects that might be you know risque or whatever that people are kind of playing it safe you know even donald glover said it you know that people are kind of making boring content now because they're playing it safe gotta Mm -hmm. take risks you gotta take risks um yeah you you big fan of bo burnham at all i just started watching him recently i like i like
1: his stuff i haven't watched the new one I liked his old stuff, and even though he's definitely, like, always the asshole in movies, <laughs> I like his, him as an actor as well, but I haven't watched his new special. I heard it was really good, though.
0: It was amazing. It was actually the first special of his I've ever seen was the and okay. you know, I watched the two older ones. Yeah, I, I really love, I just love how just non-sequitur and meta his stuff is, you know. He did this one, he had this one skit where he, like, gets in front of his keyboard, and he's like going to play a song for you guys it's called I'm on fire and it goes like this <laughs> oh yeah I think I've heard that joke before yeah yeah I I feel like comedy in order to like appeal you have to really know your audience and it's something I struggle with I, I can't write comedy to save my life I'm I don't know I don't know how to I don't know how to write like actual jokes I could just write something that's like awkward I, uh, I think I might've told you this this weekend, but I wrote a short film this summer in my NYU class. Um, and it's about like this really, really awkward date between like a really wholesome guy and like a really freaky girl. Um, by the way, guys, all listeners, that movie is coming out soon. Uh, I'm in the process of creating it. Just want to let you guys know that free promo, but yeah, <laughs> I, uh, I just find the humor, like the, the, the awkward tense moments. Cause I feel like a lot of people have been there. You know, I go for the relatability factor. I mean, yeah. all about you, but I've definitely gone on some awkward dates in my time. For sure. Uh, and, like, in the moment, it's like, whoa, what the fuck is happening? And then later on, you're like, oh, my God, that was fucking hilarious. Can't believe that happened. Wow.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So many stories like that. It's like, just looking back, you're like, oh, my God. Yeah. That's exactly what I'm looking for, too. Is like, those awkward moments. Like, personally... I can definitely be pretty awkward at times but I I spend a lot of I've spent a lot of my life trying to build relationships with people and connect um, because like I like on a sports team I played ultimate frisbee in college and I was the the captain of the team for 2 years and the first year as the captain I wasn't very good at frisbee like I was good enough to be captain but like not one of the top top guys so I made it my Responsibility to be the social outgoing captain to bring as many people onto the team and feel welcome as possible. And so I have read like an insane number of books on like human behavior and social interaction and, um, like why people like other people and why they don't like other people and just reading body language and stuff like that. And I think it, it's helped like a, a crazy amount. Like I've gotten significantly more outgoing. Um, which people find surprising because they say I'm outgoing before. I was outgoing before, but it just, I guess it's just a confidence thing. But at the same time, like if you see my character on the show, ask Aaron. It's like, it's it's basically me, but incredible, way more awkward and like definitely monotone. And which is also something people in high school used to say all the time. They always mocked me about how monotone I was. So now I have like added inflection in my voice on purpose. But I've been able to, I guess, use use the monotoneness to make my character more awkward. But yeah, and that's that's definitely the kind of comedy that I go for is like awkwardness.
0: It's funny. Yeah, I, green I, humor is like on the rise. Green humor is on the rise. I love those memes where it's like. I was, I might have been cringe, but at least I was happy. I actually, I didn't know that about you. Uh, If uh, I think it's worth mentioning at this point now, but um, when I was in high school, I was also uh, picked on because of how monotone I was. Um, I don't really feel, I never felt like the need to inflect, but now I do just to Mm -hmm. let people know that like, you know, I'm not just totally flat all the time. Yeah. I didn't books, but I found this one YouTube channel called Charisma on Command that like talks about social skills and stuff because I was very very awkward uh, when I was younger, and like I made friends, but I definitely felt as if I could have made more friends if I had not been as awkward. So I like spent a lot of time like doing a lot of work on myself and learning how to interact with people. Like, oh, if something awkward happens and there's a pause, like call out the awkward moment, and that'll release the tension. <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: yeah. Like or uh, look people in the eye, uh, stand up straight, um, ask questions about other people other stuff like that but Mm -hmm. i think that that but by putting in that work that's made me a better artist like in terms of writing i don't know if you feel the same way with yourself but a work you're able to improve the quality of your content
1: yeah going back to like the dates kind of thing is like once i started reading more like i've read books about leadership um like how the brain works it's some the more interesting stuff that i've read like other like genes just other biology books on some on the universe just like a, a very broad range of things like i really like stuff on negotiation um but what i found is it just makes you incredibly interesting because like you can go on a date and the your partner whoever you're on the date with will will bring up something and you can be like oh i was just um I just read a book or listened to a podcast that talked about this and then relate it back to the date, what they're saying. And then you seem infinitely smarter and way more interesting. And like you said, it definitely adds to you to um, your content because you're just constantly learning things. And when
0: you're constantly learning things, you're growing. Absolutely. I'm a a very huge fan of uh, active and intentional consumption of media. Like, I feel as though a lot of the younger generations are kind of doomed by you know, spending so much time online. And it's, it's not intentionally there. They're going for the sake of going. They're not looking for something in particular.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, that's why recently I, I bought a bunch of books to not only, like, teach myself things, but just to replace my, the content of my brain with, you know, more intentional content and not as much content. And like I said before, I don't want, like, a deluge of content. Um, like I'll, I'll show you for example you, you can't the, to the listeners you can't see it on this show but i will explain some of the books i purchased recently um i bought the art of war by sun tzu um obviously you know i don't plan on going to war anytime soon but i do think that you know i can read between the lines and maybe learn some cool life skills yeah really cool book that i heard in a podcast called the book of five rings by miyamoto musashi and it's just a battle it's like like conflict and like martial arts strategy but again you like read between the lines i bought books on like personal health like this really cool book called super life by darren olian which is about i've heard of that yeah i'm a a really big darren olian fan i I listen to his podcast the most out of anyone um i don't know i feel like as i'm getting older you know it's kind of time to take control and exercise some like responsibility as an adult i know it's not really related to comedy but i feel like it was worth saying on the show anyone out there listening who wants to change their lives for the better it's it is very possible you can do it you just gotta take those steps yeah and aaron i'm really glad that you mentioned that you've been reading and you know putting in that work because i think as not just as an artist but as a person in general it's so it's so so important to invest in the personal cultivation of yourself and to whatever your craft is i feel like a lot of times people live their lives passively and they let life happen to them rather than making it work for them because life can Mm -hmm. you can make whatever you want out of life but sometimes people just kind of let life happen to them and they they just dub themselves the victim of circumstance It just doesn't have to be that way yeah yeah Yeah.
1: i completely agree that's why it's like it's so cool what day and age we live in because literally i've i like made videos when i was in like middle school maybe and it was like the old flip video camera with like like scripted stuff and they were all terrible and I was a terrible actor. Um a couple of my friends were much better. But like I took an acting class in college and that was the most fun class that I had the entire college. And now like thinking back to it's like I'm not really acting that much in my show. Um I'm like literally trying to be emotionless. So it doesn't doesn't make me act very much but like that kind of lead led me into pursuing a little bit more content creation and um, that kind of stuff, because I can just do anything that I want. Like I use DaVinci Resolve which just free. I use, I have, I was using my phone as my camera for a while. Um, Oh, I still am actually. Um, And you can just do so much stuff with YouTube and Google you have access to so much to learn. And like, there's free audiobooks everywhere. Um, you can get a library card and get free audiobooks. And like, one of the most recent things I've been doing now um, to kind of learn is I've been listening to a lot of comedians' memoirs. Like, I listened to David Spade's memoir. I listened to Colin Jost, Tina Fey. I just finished Anna Ferris's um, because a, a lot of people like, I'm just trying to learn from what they did. And if you listen to other people's experiences, then it'll get a little bit better. And I, I would never really think about that before I started doing this, you know, like you can easily target what you want to do and what you want to learn
0: now. Do you have any advice for people out there who might be listening, who want to get into comedy, want to get into making YouTube videos? Do you have any advice for them or like Anything, that any obstacles you've had to overcome that you were able to overcome and you can pass along that information to those people?
1: Yeah, so I guess, well, first advice, get DaVinci Resolve. It's free. It's so nice. You can do so many things with it. I used other software before that was absolute garbage. And DaVinci Resolve is almost like production quality for free. Um, So if you're trying to make YouTube videos, definitely get DaVinci Resolve um, if you're trying to just like make content, just, just do it. Like the, my biggest thing has always been when you put something off, you're just going to keep putting it off. So what I ended up doing was I would just sit down and be like, I need to write. When I was back to, when I was doing scripted stuff, I was like, I need to sit down and just write it because just constantly thinking I'm not going to, come up with anything then i'm not going to come up with anything if you sit down and write like you'll start to start to do everything um and i guess my biggest uh thing about like starting a hobby, kind of thing like like youtube videos that hopefully will turn into something bigger than it it is or just even if it doesn't like it's fun to do um like i'm very passionate about it now is is use it as procrastination use productive, be productive in your procrastination. That is something I learned a lot in COVID because you couldn't leave. And when I would be in class sometimes and got bored because it was over Zoom, I would just pull up um, like something that I was writing and I would use that to procrastinate. So instead of like scrolling through Instagram or watching um, TV or something like that, my procrastination became almost exclusively like um, this YouTube series that I was working on. And because it's procrastination and you have other things to do, it's way easier to get it done because you're, you're trying to avoid the harder thing by doing the more fun or easier thing. So if you can always have something that's like a little bit annoying to do and use the time to procrastinate, productively, you can get a lot of stuff done and feel a lot better about doing it and also feel a lot better about yourself because you haven't just wasted hours watching TV or scrolling through Twitter or Instagram.
0: That's fucking phenomenal advice. Thank you for sharing that. And uh, we're, we're, uh, we're at the end of the episode. And I just want to say a very big thank you to you, Aaron. I'm so glad that you took the time to come on the show and share with us what you do, your experiences, your thoughts and feelings. I'm so grateful to have met you and to have you on this show, Aaron. Thank you so much for being here.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: Appreciate it. And to all of those out there listening, let my conversation with Aaron be a reminder that whatever it is that you want to do, whatever your goals, your dreams, your passions are, they're very, they're very, they're very possible to achieve. You can do it. You know, uh, Aaron has overcome the odds to uh, pursue his passion of making comedy and filming videos, and whatever it is that you want to do. You can do it, even if it's you versus the odds. So until next time, I can't wait to see you all again. Take care and goodbye.